Welcome to Eat Scripture. We are back for a second part of Noah as we continue to look at the Noah story from a typological perspective. And I think that this is really going well so far. We are seeing a great scope on this story, just how much we're getting to picture it as really the Jesus story that it is just told to us in such a different way. It's one of my favorites. It's just really, there's so much here. We can't even get to everything on this podcast. So yeah. We can't. We strongly encourage everybody to spend days and weeks in the Noah story. More than a kid's story. More than cute animals, which, hey, I love cute animals. But the story (laughs) has so much more to do with the way God is going to save the world ultimately in Jesus. And we can see that coming out. The way the story's told and everything. So try to read it like you've never read it before. That's right. Fresh eyes before we get into all of that, though, and some specifics that we're going to look at today, just want to thank you guys out there for sharing our podcast, for letting others know about it, for throwing us a comment every now and then. Um, for those who do that, you just make all the difference in the world to us. We are so pleased to know that you get something out of it. So glad that you might share it with friends, might be willing to share it on your social media page. We are very grateful. And we're just want to be a, we just want to be a part of people growing with God in His Word, really being so excited about it, and finding Him in it in new ways. That's yes, what we want. That's the point of what we're doing. Absolutely. Today. Thank you so much, guys. Um, if you'd like to donate to each scripture, then again, you can do that through your podcast platform. In the show notes, even if you're listening to something besides Anchor, or even if you're listening to Anchor, in the show notes is an easy way to see how to donate to our podcast. And if you choose to do that, if you're donating through a podcast, you can do that up to $10, up to $9.99 per month that you can donate to us. And we are so grateful for that. That's a fantastic donation. And we're just very happy. We are just wanting to spread the word about this. And so you help the ministry to go forward in great ways. Thank you. If you do choose to donate to Eat Scripture or would like to at a higher amount than $10 a month, then it would be very welcome and appreciated. And you can do that just by going to eatscripture.com, going to our donate page, When you go there, you'll see some very specific ways on how to uh, be able to donate easily and quickly and become a part of our ministry as a partner. We can't say thank you enough. And the way the ministry works is just people whose hearts are dedicated to helping others find their walk with the Lord through his word in better and deeper and more fulfilling ways. If you know what that's like to walk with God in his word, I mean, to just open it up and, and consume it and eat it because it is, it is coming into contact with him. It brings you into a true relationship with him. If you know the value of that, then you know how great it is to share with others and to be able to help others get closer to him in that way too. And I think people find I think you find what your gifts are yes by being deeper in the word so you will go out and do what he's called you to do Mm -hmm. Um, we've watched it we've watched it happen in people so it's exciting to watch definitely is and so we are we are thrilled that uh, you might want to be a part of that too so God bless you all and thank you for considering that thank you for sharing uh, what we're doing here
God bless. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to mention was that this Thursday, March mm-hmm. the 11th, yep. from 7 to 8.30, we are going to have, that's Central Time, 7 yes, to 8.30 Central. Central Time, we are going to have uh, another one of our main course classes mm-hmm. online. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, and then when we ever when we have this on this Thursday, you would all be welcome to join us. It is not difficult to put you on uh, a list of emails. Make sure you get a link, and then you can just join us at 7 p.m. Central Time this coming Thursday. So all you have to do is email to Gina G. Rob at eatscripture.com. So that's that's G-I-N-A-G-R-O-B at eatscripture.com. When we receive that, then we can put you on a list and make sure you get a link. This class is on typology. Yeah, that's right. So it's just kind of a general talk discussion about typology. Mm -hmm. And we'll, um, it's what we've been talking about on these last few podcasts, Mm -hmm. but we will expound on that more and have some different stories to talk about. So please join us us. tell your friends. Yep. Typology is just one of those things that, boy, once you see it, your eyes just get opened up and, and you are anxious to see more and more. And Jesus wasn't kidding when he said the whole book was about him. No, he wasn't. So let's jump in here with Noah again. Yes. Back to Noah. Let's get to the good stuff. In Noah's story in Genesis chapter 6, we get down to verse 14 and we're just hearing about Noah being instructed in how he's supposed to build this ark. And so in Noah chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, in (laughs) Noah's story, we find that God is telling Noah, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. Well, that is an interesting verse in the Hebrew, because really we've got a word that looks identical in both its noun and its verb form is used in this verse. So it and looks like it says be, that he was going to pitch it with pitch. That's right. That's a, you could read it just, just like that. Just like pitch your ark with pitch. That's what it says. Well, this word is used here translated as pitch because it makes perfect sense, obviously. Pitch being a tar-like substance that, that would make the wood waterproof, that would make the ark waterproof. And so... That is the word that gets used here that Noah is told to cover the ark with pitch. Okay, that makes sense. But really, the word itself is almost always in Scripture translated as an atonement. Or, if in verb form, to make an atonement. That's how it gets translated. It can also be translated ransom or covering. So, cover it with a covering, we could say here. But that doesn't really get at the heart of what's happening here. He's pitching it with pitch to make sure that it makes it through this great flood that it's mm-hmm. about to be in. And so it will float and, and, float yeah. and yep, make it be through safe. the flood. So all the people inside, yes, will be safe and kept through. So when I get to this and I see this word being used, if I am a good Hebrew reader, then I've read the scriptures a lot, at least heard them a lot. And I know that this word is the same word as atonement. This word is the word for atonement, the word to make atonement. So in what way should I hear this word in connection to 
the ark and Noah's building of an ark. Well, if once I see the Jesus story running through the Noah story, then all of a sudden well, this piece starts Jew, to make a lot of sense. Exactly. As an ancient <laughs> Jew, I wouldn't know. I might just see the word and go, huh, interesting choice of wording there. I mean, it would make sense to me, but I would still know that this word is really used as a way to talk about an atonement right. an atoning sacrifice um, or making an atoning sacrifice, either the noun or the verb. That's how it's used throughout scripture. But I would still, I would recognize the word. I would understand it in its context, but I would know that's generally not how it's not used as pitch. Uh, that's not how this is usually used. So now though, once I, Jesus comes and tells me that this whole book is about him, I go back to my Noah story and I see like we did last time from that overview. Oh my goodness, this does sound an awful lot like the Jesus story. Right. Righteous man being called to save those close to him and building something through which they will be saved through the destruction and then come out in the new creation on the other side. That all sounds great. Then I get here though to this little detail and I'm even more amazed because wait a second, he's using the word for atonement to talk about this wooden vessel mm -hmm. that Noah's making that is going to be that thing in which the people are saved. Now, carried through now this I go back. Storm, yeah. yeah, carried through this destructive storm that everything, gonna kill everything. It's gonna kill everything. The only way through this though is to be caught up in this wooden vessel that Noah built mm -hmm. so that you can make it through the destruction to the other side. Now I go back to that idea of the cross event in Jesus and I think, oh, wait a second. Wood covered in an atonement. Wood covered in an atonement. Now I'm talking about the cross all of a sudden. Without even thinking about it, I'm talking about the cross. Right. And how much blood of Jesus rolled down that wooden cross on our behalf. His atoning blood covered over that wood through which we You're are saved. to safety. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. We are carried to safety on the wood that Jesus spilled his blood upon, spilled that covering of his blood upon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wait a second. That's <laughs> incredible. So, and we are the ones closest to him, just like in the Noah story. It's the ones who are close to him who get saved. The ones who are connected to him as family. Those are the ones who get to be saved yes. through that destructive That's flood. Wow. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It is beautiful. So all of a sudden, these details become so, so relevant. Mm -hmm. Now now they are they are really bringing home yeah, to it's me jumping off the page. just yeah. how much this sounds like the Jesus story. And there are some others here we yeah. want to get a look at, too. I think we should probably move over to chapter 8 and take a look at verses 6 and following. Uh, yes, yeah, so we saw in chapter 7 where Noah had taken on seven pairs of birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it talks about all of that. And then we yep. get over here to chapter 8 in verse 6. And it talks about at the end of the 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and he sent forth a raven. Mm -hmm. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Okay. And then he sent a dove. Mm. 
Yeah. And the dove went out and came, but it couldn't find a place to set its foot mm-hmm. and returned. And so Noah took her back into the ark with him mm-hmm. and he waited another seven days. Mm-hmm. And then he sent her out again. Okay. And when she went out, she, she could only, she came back with an olive branch, fresh hmm. olive branch. So he knew now, okay, things are getting safer. Things are starting to grow. Yes. Um, yes. Now he knows that things yes. are growing on the ground. There's a ground out there for things to grow on. Yes. Okay. And he waits another seven days and he lets her go out again and she doesn't come back. She remains there. Oh, okay. Yes. Leaves and stays away. Yes. Stays out. Okay. So, I mean, you start thinking, okay, that's a really interesting where else do we hear about doves in scripture yeah and of course i my mind immediately goes to john 132 oh, at jesus yeah. baptism oh yeah where it's talking about uh let's see yeah 132 and john bore witness i saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him okay yes the spirit yes. the holy spirit is what's like a dove what's a dove yes yeah and so i think this is the sign that when the spirit went out and remained no one knew it was safe for them to leave the ark right he knew everything had been taken care of yes and so when this dove lands on jesus and remains there remains right i think we're supposed to see the connection here that that's when we're safe. Oh, yeah. This is... That the truly new creation yes. is going to be a reality. Yes. Uh, okay. And it's so, okay to... It's okay now to exit. It's okay to be a part of this creation now because all, all the bad is gone right. and now it's renewed. Yeah. So, I think that's a beautiful connection and sign. Yes. That connects, of course, with Jesus' baptism, which this whole story is connected with baptism. I love, love so. that. Love what you're saying there. The idea that it was a raven first is interesting. That's just a carrion eater anyway. The ra- I mean, the raven's going to go out and it's going to, frankly, yeah. it can land yeah. on dead bodies that are floating in the water. Yeah. Eat a little bit and then move on yeah. to the next one. And so, so when it goes out, it just naturally keeps going. Mm-hmm. Just flies around, just going from thing to thing and keep eating until it uh, and it's unclean. It's an unclean right. bird, so it doesn't matter where it puts it puts its foot if you will where it lands or what it as long as it can keep eating but then this dove though is completely different the dove is a clean bird the dove is a sacrificial bird in the old testament can be used to sacrifice with and then like you're saying the dove becomes a symbol of the holy spirit we see that very clearly especially at jesus's baptism like you're saying Uh, as a matter of fact you know I i was just seeing earlier that in luke 322 he uses the words that the dove came down in the holy spirit in bodily form like a dove it says just to make sure we understand it was in a bodily form it took on the form of a dove but it was definitely the holy spirit that's interesting because yeah that's what jesus did yeah he came in a bodily form yes he did he came in bodily form um So. so uh, a beautiful picture and once we get that like you're saying all of a sudden now i know why the dove remains oh the dove remains because everything is new and fresh and he's able to find a home and to find a home in this new creation the spirit when he comes because of jesus he can now remain is what you're saying yes 
beautiful. You know, Whereas before the spirit couldn't remain. Right. You would he would have to return because it would be a it would be an un, un uh, unhospitable place. He couldn't, couldn't find a good right. place to stay. Couldn't dwell there. That's right. Couldn't dwell there. And you know we've already had Peter talking about we've talked about this about him talking about this whole story as a baptism. Yes story and yes so, that's right you know to have this little piece in here is really cool I yeah think. it is that does just points right back to that oh beautiful that is beautiful the dove comes and gets to remain the holy mm-hmm. spirit comes and gets to remain yes. because of what jesus has done wow awesome. um and if that's not enough <laughs> then there's another piece i think wait, we cannot go for that's right it's one of those <laughs> moments uh yeah one of your <laughs> infomercial moments almost um <laughs> much better much better than that in uh, back if we back up just a few verses in the noah story we find ourselves at the very beginning of chapter eight and as we're reading down in this beginning of chapter eight we see in verse four that in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month the ark came to rest on the mountains of ararat now it's really easy to read past dates like this in the Bible and not even think about them. But I mean, because I don't. Kind of I have odd no idea that what they would put the date in here. Right. I mean, that someone would write the date down. That's the point. For some reason, it's important. It seems because we don't have the date on so many other things. Uh huh. Exactly. There's plenty of things that happen in the Bible that we don't get a date on that are pretty seem pretty important, mm-hmm. pretty significant things. But this one, we get an actual date on. And the date is that it's the seventh month and the 17th day of the month that the ark comes to rest on Ararat. So it is resting. It has now struck land. This is a great moment because it's the moment that Noah and his family felt the ark finally come to a rest on something, come to a stop on a hard surface. Oh my goodness, the waters really are going down. I like that it says it came to rest too, because yeah. rest is the name for Noah. Because so. that's Noah's name, yes, exactly. So they are realizing probably at this point, everything will eventually be okay. The waters really are receding. We really are going to be at a point of finally being able to leave this one at some point soon. So that had to be a great relief on the day that it struck oh, yeah. land. That had to be great relief, yeah. you would think. And so now that they have that relief, we're taught we're told about this day with a very specific date. This date of them getting to <laughs> kind of relax their shoulders and go, okay, the water's eventually going to go away. We're going to be out to able to go on land again. Mm-hmm. And of Why? course, I already love that it's in the seventh month and on the 17th Yeah, seventh day. and seventeenth is beautiful yeah. in itself, for right. sure. Well, now I want to know what this day is. If I go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, that's the same month that this right here is, only God is now calling it the first month. Right. So after they had gotten out of Egypt, yep. God told them to change that date, that yep. month, to the first month because they're right. starting over. Yep. Starting and over. And it was in the seventh month. Yeah. And so they changed it to the first. Israel's getting a restart there. 
here we are out of captivity bringing you guys out of slavery going to set you on your own plot of land and we're going to start things for you anew and so now we are going to call this the first month it would be like if something significant we were starting over in july yep and we decided to change our calendars and call that the first month that's right july would be our first okay month. july will be the from now on we're going to call that the first month right. yeah and that would be weird but I mean, yeah, but, I'm sure it was kind yeah, of weird to them too. But. Had to be a little weird. To this day, Israel still has both a civil calendar and a religious calendar. Yes. They still mark what is the first month. That's actually when Rosh Hashanah takes place. Rosh Hashanah, that means the head of the year, the first of the year. So that's still what they celebrate. And they celebrate it in what we would call fall. But the beginning here of their religious calendar I find out in Exodus has now shifted and it takes place in our spring. And that first month is now the month of Nisan. Whereas before that was the seventh. Now it's the first. The Jews still mark this. They still know what these months are. Keep two calendars, know what they are. Okay. So that being the case, now I know that this in the Noah story, verse four, we are talking about the month of Nisan here. Because the date hasn't been changed yet. Right. The seventh month is actually the one that's going to be the first month. Then I find out in that same passage in Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, that on the 14th of that month, every 14th of that first month was the day they were to slaughter the Passover lamb. That's the day the Passover lamb gets slaughtered. Well... Jesus is slaughtered at Passover. Jesus is the one who is slaughtered when the sun goes down on the 14th 14th of the month. Whenever the 14th begins, he's the one who dies right there on that same day that the Passover lamb has died. I find that out in the Gospels. Oh, my goodness. So that has to happen on the 14th. How many days? Did Jesus spend in the tomb before he was raised? Three. It was three days. Yes. It was three days. Okay, wait a second. That means that this 17th of the month, the day the ark comes to rest on land, finally, the the day that relief floods over Noah's family, everything's going to be okay. We're going to be able to get out of here eventually. That is the day, the same day of the year, that Jesus would eventually raise from the dead. The same day of the year. Wow, yeah. The 17th of the seventh month is actually going to become the 17th of the first month. And then it's going to be the same day that Jesus comes out of the grave. What? That's crazy. What? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So, God has really given us an unbelievably beautiful, specific part of the picture here so that it doesn't get past us what's actually happening in this story. This is our Jesus story. This is a story that captures all of the detail and all of the the glory that's packed into the Jesus story. We can get so much of that when we start 
combing through this for the details that God has put in it. Yeah. And there's so many more yeah. that we don't have time to get to yeah. all yeah. of it. And maybe someday we'll flesh some of those out too. <laughs> right. I mean, a new covenant is being put right. in place here. That's what the, that's what's happening here with this Noahic covenant that's coming into place. It's a, God is dealing with Noah in a complete, in a new way and is giving some new instructions he's told to rule creation too given very much kind of a dominion over creation but he's given some new laws about eating well there's actually new eating laws that come whenever jesus is putting things into place too you know mark chapter 7 talks about how jesus made all foods clean uh, about right. what he said, and and so there's there's these weird connections that can be put into place, and you can start seeing just how much the story gets told as it's being told through here. I think one of the things that really hits me too is that when Noah is told and blessed here in chapter nine, verse one, as the new covenant's going into place. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Yes. The, just like in Genesis. And so just like in Genesis chapter 1. But it's really also just like in the like gospel. Matthew yes. chapter, yeah, yes. exactly. Matthew Go chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Uh, we hear the same kind. Yes, this is go and make disciples. Wow, what, on, a, on a spiritual level, fruitful and, and multiply, making children. Oh my goodness, making children really. Um, yeah, this is this is all of when we see it through the eyes of Jesus, through the lens of the Jesus story. All of these specifics take on bigger and greater meaning than we had ever imagined before. And it just, I, I think it just makes our roots go deeper. It just gives us a more of a foundation to stand on when we see these things because we can see this isn't just a random book with a bunch of random stories Mm -hmm. this is a book that's alive and it's all connected and it's perfect yes it's like it's got his dna on it yes and it does we just can't get to the we we can't possibly get to the ends of it right it's so much cannot and it fills me up i don't know it does fills me too it makes uh, me just love jesus more and more yeah yeah and there's no way to dig deep enough or swim deep enough to find the bottom of this thing it just keeps going and going well we'll never run out of material so next time we are going to actually keep going in the noah story there's another part of the noah story coming up in chapter nine that gets really weird yeah really weird sounding but we are going to talk about that because that too has the earmarks of Jesus all over it. Even in all its strangeness, chapter 9, verse 18 and following, it still has the earmarks of the Jesus story all over it. We want to take a take a closer look at that, see what's actually going on there. So, so glad you joined us again. Yes. Love having everybody. Like we said, share the podcast. Um, share it with your friends. we'll see some of you on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. It would be great to actually get to meet some of you online. Uh, Come to our main course class. We're going to have a great time looking at typology. You can just contact us again at gdgrob at eatscripture.com and we would be happy to send you a link. So thanks so much. Love you all. Uh, Thanks for your prayers for our ministry and God bless.